bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Well, last week we thought we were heading for the series finale of Housewives <laughs> of Coronavirus, but it turns out uh, it was just the season finale. Right. Yeah, a bunch of dicks showed up to Miami Beach and there's a new bitchy strain starring in the European version. Paris literally just got locked down again, ma'am. Did you know that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, they're locked down oh again my God. because of the new bitchy housewife over in Europe. It's just, they can never, and, and just like the housewives, we can never just be, it can never just be. They always have to add one who's worse than the last right, one. Right, and always just way doing the utmost. Doing too much with an accent from nowhere. So it looks like we're going to get one last season of the coronavirus housewives but it's going to be shorter and you know it's going to be way less dramatic so i think most people are just going to skip it to be honest right because most people are over it except for the diehard thirst buckets who can't turn the page on the unnecessary drama and find a new show to watch but we're done we're done with it oh i mean and by done with it obviously we're wearing our masks we're being careful and uh, you know obviously that just goes without saying of course and i'm not going to be in groups and i'm no 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 uh what we're done with is we're done with the day-to-day drama we're not watching it no we're done with coronavirus i'm done watching anything coronavirus it's just it's beyond the park across the street i live directly across the street from a park the park across the street from my house um this weekend starting at 8 a.m some girl had put out what looked like she was making a a photo shoot for a catalog okay (laughs) and then she was taking all pictures of herself and i'm like staring like standing in my kitchen in a nightshirt staring out the the street looking like she just set that up so she can do a photo shoot alone at 8 a.m. <laughs> and then I saw throughout the day, I monitored her behavior. Uh-huh, yeah. She was doing a full photo shoot alone of pictures of herself. But it looked like she wow. was going to sell baskets of flowers. You, you could have seen Maybe this Maybe she's setup. starting like an Etsy page. Yeah, exactly. She's doing something where she's trying to sell her wares. Or Pinterest. Or Pinterest. And it's sure. like, then people slowly started coming. They were coming and going. And as they were coming and going for her thirst bucket tree, mm-hmm. other people were setting up picnics and people were riding bikes and people were tossing balls. Mm. And I was like, what is this? It was like I was in the Truman Show. It was so fake. <laughs> I'm like, is there anyone wearing right. masks out there? And you don't need masks outside. And they were all in their own little clusters, which mm-hmm. you're allowed to do now mm-hmm. of people that they I mean, obviously not this bitch with her setup. <laughs> and but everyone else, I didn't see any masks and people would park love to park right in front of my house to mm-hmm. go to the park and mm-hmm hug their ass into their car right up into my driveway <laughs> oh, and somebody that. somebody tossed a baby wipe which 
I went out and picked up and I probably got Corona from it. And I thought, I looked at it and I go, it doesn't look like that, that anyone used this as an actual wipe for a baby's asshole. Mm. So I assumed they just wiped their hands or their dashboard right. or something. Mm. And then it probably just flew out of their car. So I picked it up because I'm not having a fucking errant baby wipe fl- <laughs> flitting and floating through my front. No, that sounds like the beginning of some sort of Victorian poem where, you know, or one sees the errant baby wipe (laughs) blowing through the streets the after corona right the baby wipe doth fly yeah and it's alone in alone but onto my yard i cry use for them anymore do they (laughs) no they're displaced much like the plastic bag which floats and flits in the air (laughs) you know what i mean people love doing shit with plastic always including fiona apple that's one i like the beat and the the tune of the song Mm -hmm. but i hate the beginning like it was just a plastic bag. I'm like, you know what, Fionn? No, no. You tried. You tried too hard there. You tried too hard to be poetic, and I'm well, just now, not feeling it. You yeah. thought it was a bird, but is it? No, you didn't think it was a bird. No, you knew it was a plastic you bag, knew. and it probably had shit on it from a dog. And it probably had drugs in it. It probably flew out of your car. <laughs> right of your exactly. So exactly. Now I just want to say, if anyone's wondering, the 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 conclusion I came to about the thirst bucketress. Yes. Starting at eight a.m. with her with her Etsy setup. <laughs> yeah. As the people came and went, what I decided she was doing was that she was, um, I decided it was a going away party for her. Where is she going? I decided she's moving because it wouldn't be a baby shower. She started with her own setup and then doing her selfies. I see. And then I think what with with a going away party, a moving away party, you would have people, you know what, I'll be at the park all day. Right. Come in to say bye to me. That's not a bad idea. And it is a great idea. But uh, anything else, a baby shower, um, we know they hold you hostage at right. baby showers and just come looking at you. <laughs> they hold you hostage. You're doing games. And at any any birthday, any of that, it's a time you have to get there right, at like, the time. Oh, my God, your baby's going to be. Oh, wait, that baby's not born yet. It's pre-baby born. Yeah, right? but you still have to do that. Right. You still have to say that. <laughs> your, your tummy looks so good. Yeah. And Stuff your like baby, that. it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a girl. Oh. So with this, with the going away party, I think this is how you do it. I decided that's what she was doing. I would probably find out she was just staying and needed to have a thing at the park. <laughs> and a lot of people are moving, which is a wonderful. A lot of people are moving. And yet there's still so much traffic. So I can't wait till at least another couple mil get on out. At least. So we can go down to like not being too trafficy, And also... I don't need a line outside of Target on a Sunday or Marshalls or TJ Maxx. You know, none of that. No. I don't want to live in a, in a time and place anymore where there's a line outside these stores. I can't enjoy my shopping and it's annoying. I know shopping on the weekends though has always been. Can't do it anymore. Just basic Can't do bitch. it. Can't do it. Now, one of our Patreon friends, mm. Mm-hmm. sent us some Flonase <laughs> because lately our nose IBS has been flaring up along with yes. your... But IBS. That is that is true. So I bought us a nine million dollar <laughs> Mighty air purifier, and I selected it because the name was Mighty, mm-hmm. like Momo. Mm-hmm. And it's in our drug den. It's right here. It constantly goes to the code red. Constantly. Anytime we dust up mm-hmm. the air in here. Yep. And um, our allergies are still going crazy. <laughs> the Mighty. I mean, I don't know. Now we don't edit our Patreon podcasts. So when you blow your nose and you do it several times, we leave it there. We leave it there. And I remember someone commenting on our Patreon podcast, one of them, 
that they were going to send you their favorite allergy buster. Mm -hmm. And I can't fucking remember who it was. And I don't even remember which podcast. I know Julie Lang sent us literally 30 boxes of Kleenex, which was the best gift of 2021. The best and most amazing gift. And when I tell you that we went through that. (laughs) Julie, they're gone. In the matter of, I don't even know, but I've since done been bought more Kleenex. Yeah. Now, this person, and I don't think it was Julie Lang, said they were going to send Flonase. And I'm dying to know who it is because Flonase is freaking expensive and they sent us two. Two. And I want to just also say, since we're on the topic of mystery Patreon angels who send gifts, the cat's cradle string book, the string game book, came from Meg from Rhode Island. Formerly Meg from Denver, who we love. Okay, great. So let us know. Let your girls know. Who sent, who came up off that Flonase. <laughs> yeah, because, and it has been used, by the way. And hopefully you can hear just, you know, I'm not sniffling. No. It's making it so I don't have to, at least so I don't have to snivel. So God bless your life. And if you're new here and you want to join this exclusive group of mystery gift givers and generous friends, check out our Patreon podcast. It's a whole new world for you to explore. A world with no politics and no ads. And like Brandy said, no editing. If you're not sure if you're interested, we have a free one available for you to listen to. Just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and then scroll down the lock podcast until you get to September. And there's an unlock podcast called Windows Up Sing Time. If you like it, sign up and I'm pretty sure you're gonna. Oh, I hopefully, it. hopefully. Now, speaking of the Patreon okay. angels. Elizabeth Amar sent us a pic for the drug den in one of our shirts that she got from our website. Okay, now she she sent a picture of her. It's so cute. She's in the I don't need your notes, babe shirt. Love. She took a picture of the little postcard we sent with the shirt because we get these shirts made and we send them out. They're not like they're not on a freaking like a website or like, a merchandise. Like a cafe a, press. Right. We get these printed up. We design them. Right. And then we write a little note. We send it off. They're covered in fucking cat hair. Probably my <laughs> perfume because I fold it. And on it, her full name or first name is Eshta, which I think mm-hmm. is so cute. Mm-hmm. How cute is this picture, Remember? Very adorable. Eshta, very, Elizabeth. Very adorable. Eshta. Hey, Julian Brandy. I'm finally sending you a postcard for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. I am a proud $2 Patreon member and an original 14, but I've always been too chicken to send a postcard. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. That is sweet. Here and I- Eshta, at Elizabeth, you waited until COVID-20 to yeah. buy a shirt. That's great. No, uh, you needed to do it earlier if you're an original 14. <laughs> Love you. Here I am rocking my t-shirt and my pandemic cave hair in Los Angeles. I snapped this pic while packing up my entire life to move to Massachusetts. (gasps) Wow. She moved from LA. She did the opposite of what I did. I brought my beloved DGP magnet to my new fridge and slapped that sucker right back on there. I absolutely could not have gotten through the Trump dark ages without you. And I'm so excited to listen to you throughout forever 21 it is really helping because moving to a whole new coast during a pandemic is really difficult when we can't make any friends or do anything Woo. thank you for all the laughs and here's hoping i get around to sending you m- more postcards in the future god oh, we were wow. just talking about people moving what if that was elizabeth across the street from my house doing her going away party <laughs> maybe it was oh, elizabeth was. we're sad to see you go because we know we mailed your shirt to downtown like la i think uh-huh and um but massachusetts is great hey, good luck in massachusetts if you're yeah. straight you might want to find julie's brother yes oh! 
Eshta, Leah are you single? Up. Yeah. Ooh! I wonder where Massachusetts you are, because if you're anywhere near Adam Goldman, guess who's gonna be yentaing it up? It's me, and maybe you two will meet. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, he lives in Salem. Is that what you said, Mimi? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll see. She didn't give us. She probably doesn't even want us to be saying her her personal name, <laughs> but yet we are, and we're giving all of her business to the world. But we love you so much, Elizabeth, mm. and. It would be great to have you and Julie's family. It would be great. It would be great. Now, we love getting pics from people in our shirts. We have a few right now on our Drug Den Bulletin board. We have Don Seletsky. We have Maggie Ridholler. I do want to add, if you buy a shirt from our website, we have four styles. Mm -hmm. Um, Our website, www.julianbrandy.com. You can also go to dumbgaypolitics.com. It doesn't come with a magnet anymore because Angie Knox made us those magnets and she doesn't listen anymore. So (laughs) it just comes with the shirt. (laughs) So that, you know, Elizabeth got in when the getting was good. So we recently, (laughs) ma'am, got an email from a trio of very cute girls, Mm -hmm. Maria, Natalia, and Nicole. Okay. Mm -hmm. If that isn't a fucking sandwich we want to be in, that's like a, that's a club sandwich. It feels like it sounds like an Italian like a Sophia Loren movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's definitely, yeah, it's an, it's an Italian club. Now, there's a picture of all three of them. They're wearing our drugs shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay. We love it. It's such a cute picture. Julian Brandy. So here's a pic of us in your awesome fucking shirts. We tried to get a good picture, but we're obviously on drugs and booze. So this was the best we could get. Wasn't sure if you'd want it to put up in the drug den. Thank you guys for being fucking great. Thanks, Maria, Natalie, and Nicole. Oh, I guess it's Natalie, not Natalia. <laughs> Natalie, sorry, 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 sorry. But still sexy. Sure. I, lo- I love Natalie. Who doesn't Natalie. like a nice club yeah. sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Maria, Natalie, and Nicole, we do want to put it up in the drug den. But we don't recommend emailing pics, as it is highly unlikely that we will ever print them out. Although we might do this one because it's so cute. And um, I could just use all of Julie's printer ink and do it on regular paper like when we're done with this. That just occurred to me. Yeah, why not? I could just print it and I mean, fuck it. Why? I don't care. My printer at home is black and white, so I can't do photos, even like janky ones on regular printer paper. But I do want to say that getting rid of the color printer is the best thing I ever did. (laughs) The ink cartridge lasts forever. Right. It's like it never runs out. I never have issues. We don't really need to print color at home. That's true. I recently read that millennials don't even like have fucking printers at home like even or you maybe like the younger millennials or the gen z they don't or the zillennials whatever it fucking is they don't even have printers they don't even fucks with that wow yeah so a color printer might just be like really aging you man may maybe but you know what hey i'm about to walk out and get a typewriter you know what i mean so just living my best old person's life well maria's the one who sent the email so i gotta tell maria i gotta tell maria this um maria you should just go to postsnap.com on your phone, upload the photo that you emailed us, and then Postsnap will send us the picture postcard for like two bucks. And I want you to know that we don't get any money, we get no kickbacks, nothing from postsnap.com, but it will save me from having to go buy more printer ink, so. Yeah, it's easy. If it's e- It was probably harder to email it than it would be to do, to do Postsnap. Right. And there's other postcard apps, so do whichever one you like. Mm-hmm. Julie King sent us a picture postcard for our drug den bulletin board. Mm. Also, meow, meow. Julie King says, Dear Julian Brandy and all the animals, especially Dumpling. Longtime listener and not to brag, $2 Patreon member. Here's me in London with my kids. 
Amanda and Henry before COVID ruined travel. Heavily filtered me transporting some foster kittens and my 21-year-old majestic cat, Ollie. Wow. Can you please get Phil Elegante on the pod? I'm fascinated by both of your family stories. Thank you all for the laughs during this shitty time. I love you guys so much and so appreciate your humor. Sending you lots of love, Julie King. Phyllis, if you're listening... You have a fan in Julie King. Maybe all Julies love Phyllis or maybe just all people because Phil, Phil Elegante is the shit for sure. Mm. Well, Julie King also sent us a care package, my mouth full of little snack packs, as you know, from Amazon. I want to tell Julie King that we are on a three week full body cleanse. So we got rid of all the alcohol, i.e. we drank it all. And then we moved all of the treats and candy into Julie's garage. Right. So Julie King, when we opened your care package last week, immediately upon opening it, ate half the snacks. <laughs> and then we have proceeded all week long to continuously eat the snacks every day. Literally. I woke up today here at Mau Mau's at 8 a.m. this morning and I immediately started eating Funyuns from the care package before I even had tea. That's how disgusting we are. You had some too, Mau Mau. <laughs> um, they're so good. And I also enjoyed the white cheddar popcorn. I mean, there's so many different. I am the level of the, the salt. The salt. Talk about addiction. I'm addicted to salt. Well, when we first opened it, Mau Mau, you ate fruit snacks and Skittles. I love fruit snacks and Skittles. I ate Pringles and Oreos. Love both of those. And then later... We shared a package of Lorna Dunes, which I always thought Lorna yes. Dunes were lemon for some reason. Mm. I'd never had them. Mm -hmm. oh. But they're butter cookies, and we love butter cookies. Oh, God. And so we good. also shared them with Pee Wee Mighty and Nacho. <laughs> and I want you guys to know that when we say shared, we make them take bites of the cookies because they know how. We have trained these dogs. They know how to take bites of anything. They can take mm -hmm. a bite of a carrot. Mm -hmm. They are so good at taking bites, they can take a bite of a sandwich. Yes. We can hold a sandwich up to them, and they'll take a bite out of it. Yes. It's, yes. And we did it with the Lorna Dunes, yep. and then they became, they love butter cookies too, turns sure out, do. sweetie. They sure do. So thank you so, so much, Julie King. All right, now it's time for JoJo and Kiki. But we're going to skip that. <laughs> we can give this week's rundown of what the Republicans are cock-blocking now. I'm a victim of the... No. Stop. This is our segment called What the Republicans are Cock Blocking Now. And this week, they're cock blocking Democrats from getting rid of the Senate filibuster. Now, we've talked a little about the need to get rid of the filibuster over the last two months, ever since Democrats officially tied the Senate 50-50 and got a very small majority with Vice President Kiki able to break a 50-50 tie. So just a quick refresher for anyone who doesn't know, doesn't remember, or simply doesn't give a shit. The Senate filibuster, simply defined, is any action meant to block or delay the Senate from voting on a bill or legislation. In this case, the version of the Senate filibuster that Democrats want to get rid of is the filibuster meant to block any legislation that passes from just a simple majority, which is all the Democrats have. Right now, the Republicans can block any legislation that doesn't pass with a vote of 60 or more. So without the filibuster as it exists now, the Democrats could immediately pass things such as 
the voting rights bill, the LGBTQ Equality Act, the Violence Against Women Act, the Wealth Tax, Uh the antitrust reform, which breaks up big tech monopolies like Fuckbook and Amazon, Mm. Biden's job bill, Mm -hmm. the MLK Jr. slash Andrew Yang $1,000 a month universal basic income legislation. That's terrible. The Green New Deal or some other form of environmental reform. And last but not least, a badly needed infrastructure bill, which incidentally isn't just roads and bridges and high-speed trains like they always like to say, and more specifically, how to protect our power grids from being hacked and tampered with by China and Russia. A hack, meow meow, into one small stoplight in LA during normal rush hour could cause a traffic jam so catastrophic that any and all manner of 9-11s could fucking happen. And literally, a nine-year-old Chinese child sitting in China could hack into one of our stoplights. We also don't need other hacks to hack into our stoplights and into our infrastructure, such as comedians, such as hacking our stupid fucking jokes around, which will destroy our environment, (laughs) our social mental states, and our eyeballs. So let's not have those hacks around either. I want to name some, but I can't. Well, probably are we hacks? I'm sure some people would say, but I don't think so. No, I don't. It's incredible the way that the Republicans can spin and twist all of these things into something negative, including the infrastructure, which is just apparently just roads to them and bridges or whatever. And power grids should be apparently left up to the state. And apparently infrastructure should be left to each state. Well, they didn't ever do an infrastructure bill. All they did was give the make the infrastructure secretary Mitch McDickle's wife, Elaine Chow, and she never did shit except for let her family fucking smuggle shit into here. That is correct. She did a lot of that. But they didn't fix the infrastructure at all in four years. They didn't do anything because they never do anything. And now it's time to do something and they're going to cock block. So, yeah, I mean, if Democrats voted to get rid of the Senate filibuster, they could immediately pass all, some, or even just one of those things. But with the filibuster as it stands now... Democrats won't be able to pass even one of those. Not one. Exactly. And that's why the Republicans are hell-bent on cock-blocking the Democrats from getting rid of the filibuster. Because they don't even want one. Okay, fine. Maybe you don't love the Green New Deal, but they can do a modified version of that. Mm-hmm. They can do any any manner Grandma's home and grandma's pretty (laughs) is the new energy secretary. And she can do so much important legislation. It doesn't even have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be huge. There is nothing that any of Biden's cabinet will be able to float or pass with the Senate as it stands down. Nothing. (sighs) That's right. Well, that and the fact that they are the party of nothing but cock blocking. All they want to do is stop progress or reverse it. Literally, that's it. Now, back in January, when Democrats took control of the Senate and getting rid of the filibuster first became an issue, Senate Democrat and puss-puss loser Joe Manchin from West Virginia made it clear that he would not vote with the Democrats to get rid of it. He told Joe Biden that he was going to go ahead and side with the Republicans and vote to keep the filibuster because, again, he's a puss-puss loser who's in the pocket of corporate power brokers rather than voting with the best interest of the working people of West Virginia who voted for him. But then when the vote for JoJo's COVID American relief plan came up in the Senate and not one single Republican jizzmonger voted for it, 
Joe Munchkin got an idea <laughs> of how every single piece of legislation was going to go with the filibuster and his fake whiny dreams of bipartisanship <laughs> and working across the <laughs> They always say that shit. Working across the aisle. I think we can work across the aisle. I think we can work across the aisle here. When we're in Washington, I think that we can work across. We can work across. And yet, no one ever. But what no, happened you to don't. Biden's no. promises of bipartisanship? <laughs> Compromise. <laughs> Yeah, Joe Munchkin realized that his dreams of working across the aisle could go crawl back under the rock that they <laughs> need to stay under, okay? So now he's saying that he's willing to consider voting to get rid of the current filibuster and replace it with a talking filibuster, which is basically the same shit, okay? You use it to block Senate legislation. But the thing is, you have to talk for hours and hours and hours on end in order to use it literally you have to stand before the senate on the senate floor and talk for like 24 hours straight <laughs> right now all the other side has to do is make a quick call signaling that they have the votes to do a filibuster and whatever proposed legislation is on the floor <laughs> goes silently behind the barn to die <laughs> so thirst bucket puss puss loser extraordinaire joe manchin has said he's open to the bullshit talking filibuster so democrats are jumping on it because even though it's a very long shot, it's better than nothing. And it's really the only shot Democrats have of even passing one of those things Brandy mentioned earlier. And you know there must be a little kernel of something floating around in the nothing burger that is the talking filibuster. Because queen of the cock blockers, Mitch McConnell, also known as Mitch McCockblockle, <laughs> took to the Senate floor to make a very sinister and garbled speech threatening all the Democrats with what he will do to each one of them mm -hmm. and to each one of their proposed policies and to each person who voted for them in each one of their prospective states. If any of them consider voting to replace the current filibuster with a talking filibuster. Yeah, because even though it will barely be effective, Republicans don't want to have to stand for 10 hours at a time on their old blood clotty feet in their comfort walking shoes from Skechers while they defend voting no on absolutely fucking everything. And why not? Because they know every single time, ML, that they open their mouths to defend such things as voting no on COVID release stimulus checks for the people in their own states who voted for them. Mm -hmm. They know those speeches will trend on Twitter and social media immediately and word will get out about what jizz-guzzling corporate power broker hookers they are. And their whole careers depend on keeping their constituents in the dark. Making sure that they are golfing and watching reality TV while their senators are off voting no on helping them or their small businesses during the pandemic. So here's Captain Cockblock himself, Mitch McCockle, giving a speech last week on the Senate floor threatening a scorched earth Senate. To quote. Okay. If the Democrats vote to modify the filibuster and listen closely, because this is a very upsetting six minute speech that is hard to understand with his little turtle mouth. And we're going to be interrupting it and pausing it every five seconds to people's couch it. There's an ironic element to this whole conversation. Some Democratic senators seem to imagine this would be a tidy trade off. If they could just break the rules on a razor thin majority. Sure. It might damage the institution, but then nothing would stand between them and their entire agenda, a new era of fast-track policymaking. But, Mr. President, anyone who really knows the Senate knows that's, that's not what would happen. When they say Mr. President, they're talking to the president of, of the, the Senate, Senate, not Joe Biden. No. And you liked to point out, Mamma, that the Senate is there to make policy and legislation. That's what it's there for. Mm -hmm. And whether the... Majority is razor thin. 
it's still a majority and we might as well go into a new era of fast track legislation because we've been doing this other thing for now 30 years and what that is is that nothing ever gets done and the minute it does like Obamacare they spend the next four years trying to undo it with no other alternative plan yeah it's time to stop diarrhea constipation on the pot and get off the fucking pot and do the legislation so let me say this very clearly mm. for all 99 of my by the way good luck because you're not saying anything very clearly <laughs> we can barely understand you sir <laughs> Nobody serving in this chamber can even begin, can even begin to imagine what a completely scorched earth Senate would look like. I can tell you right now, for me, if I was in the Senate and he that was happening, I can't tell you if you want to. Uh, I, 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 what, what, what? In a, if this was a movie, this would begin the montage of, oh really? Okay. And then it's like the Rocky song Here and, you're we go. and you're working out and you're like, oh, you're going to get it. And you're like, dun, 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 <laughs> yeah, dun, dun, but the working dun, dun, out dun, dun, is dun, 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 dun. writing yeah. with a quill. Oh, and you have a monocle. Monocle. You're looking through files. Uh, library. I have a powdered wig. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm talking to constituents. Yeah. I've got a whole army of people. I'm like going to take you down. You put the temperature, the thermometer, like break into electric boogaloo and everybody's <laughs> yeah. watching the thermometer go up. Exactly. And you're in the library mm -hmm. of Congress researching. Oh, research. I booked piled up but i've read through all of them in one night like you are going down sir you are going all the way down you're at nance pelosi's house eating ice cream next to her big sub-zero fridge oh, god yes. getting your hair done too and it's <laughs> yeah. heaven mm. and then i call on the cell phone and you press ignore you're with nance pelosi now <laughs> oh we're doing late night meetings in the oval i don't call it the oval office i call it the oval the oval and we're in there just yeah we're in there at night with whiskeys and little highball glasses right. where we do all our deals and we're going he thinks that he's running the country he literally thinks he's running the country right now and we're about to show him that not only is he not running the country he's going to have he's gonna have a heart attack, he's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah he's not running his own body okay none of us have served one minute in a senate that was completely drained of comedy and consent. Well, I feel I haven't noticed a big I haven't noticed a lot of ed comedy energy. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't seen anything. The only the funniest thing is you actually, uh, Mitch, and, and your face. And um, I don't feel like I've given a lot of consent for what they've done either. I would say that Mitch McConnell is the king of raping, actually, yeah. the king of raping the, the gene. I will say the genius of him and why he needs to be taken down downtown is that he everything he's doing everything he's saying everything he's pretending to be mad about he literally is currently doing and has done has always done but i so, think what he's trying to say is oh you think it was bad when i robbed your consent with merrick garland and i put your favorite of all time obama in the when the dunce's cap in the corner and didn't let him put his guy right. in the supreme court he's like um i'll have uh, Joe Biden hogtied and on a train back to Russia quickly with Hunter if you think you're going to fuck with me. And that is what he's saying. He, his, the whole thing is a threat. He wants to say that the shitty, terrible, toxic environment of the Republicans in the Senate, and they have been toxic, and yeah. they, they rose up from the sewers yes. <laughs> when Ob Obama got in there because they're white uh -huh. supremacist, disgusting assholes mm -hmm. who started the Tea Party, mm -hmm. party and mm -hmm. you taught me this, mm -hmm. uh, because they could not handle... Um, a black man with all the power. Sorry. They couldn't handle that people of color and people that aren't white supremacists mm -hmm. elected this person mm -hmm. and weren't threatened by him. Right. And they all rose out of the sewers to start the Tea Party. And ever since then, 
the Senate and Congress in general, the Republicans in Congress have been a toxic pile of garbage. And he wants us to know that that, as he will say, was child's play compared to what he's going to do. He's going to call in every single rule so that them just showing up at work is an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege of hell, simply walking in there. And he explains that and he's begging to be schmashinated, but no one's doing it. <laughs> and I wish, I wish, I wish I could be a senator right now. I wish. So you could do your montage. I want to do my montage and I want to let him know eye to eye because I'm sure I don't know who has the balls to do it to go. Oh, I wouldn't. I'd be like, hey, Mitch, what's up? Oh, no, no. I'd be scared. Oh, yeah. I'd be I'm like scared now. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, hey, Mitch. Really? Okay. You think that you think you're making it toxic for me? You have no idea how toxic I can make it for you. Yeah. Why does not Oprah go to Kentucky and make it? I don't know how gross he is. <laughs> this is an institution that requires unanimous consent to turn the lights on before noon to proceed with a garden variety floor speech, to dispense with the reading of lengthy legislative text. Oh, I hate his guts. To schedule committee business. <laughs> I really hate his guts. To move even non-controversial nominees at anything besides a snail's face. <laughs> so Mr. President, I want our colleagues to imagine a world where every single task, every one of them, requires a physical quorum. What's a quorum, Mel? We looked it up. It's a, you need a number of people in order for it to be done. You need a two-thirds vote of whoever is present. And he's talking about this is a body that, that requires a unanimous vote to get the lights turned on before noon. So apparently they don't have to be at work before noon. I think that is fantastic. <laughs> and even back, apparently the founding fathers were like, one thing's for sure, we ain't getting up before noon. So don't even try it. It's like my fucking wife, oh, my secretary, well, make me come all, in here at eight. Yeah, they were like, well, because the founding fathers were like, we don't even know when the sun comes up and exactly entirely. We wake right. up when, yeah. whenever the light shines in and then yeah. somebody and then one of the kids gets up and says, Daddy, do you want me to put the fire inside the bed to keep your feet warm? Right. They only know it's noon because the sun's directly overhead. So like what <laughs> other time could they do? They'd be like, show up at eight. And somebody's like, I didn't know. I fucking had to get my sundial out. <laughs> they had to go. <laughs> or they're up at 5 a.m. They're like, I'm not coming in here before noon. I have whole crops that I have to right. tend to. I have to harvest my till. Yeah. 14 I'm not cows in. died. A chicken attacked my eyes. No. I, we all have some sort of disease, diarrhea disease. <laughs> right, in. right, exactly. And it still stands today. And that was the one thing that impressed me about the speech. I was like, oh, they don't come in till noon. Good for them. Good for them. Well, apparently he's saying any single thing you want to do. And if you're just like, hey, hey, um, Senator McConnell, um, I wanted to read this about the passing of my mom. Nope, we're going to have to require a physical quorum. He, yeah, my, my aide wants to read a thing dedicated to his mom that passed. Can we take a vote on? Everyone's like, oh, good God. He's making us vote on this. And he's going to make them vote on every single thing. Right. And I'm going this. to assume there's going to be a way. There's got to be a way to fight that. I don't know what it is because obviously, but the constitutional lawyers out there know that there's a way to combat what he's doing. I absolutely do not believe that he is in that in control. And by the way, he goes on to say, number one, Kamala Harris, Vice President Kiki cannot. She Her vote doesn't count in a physical quorum. That means it has to be senators and it's counted votes of senators present. Right. And number two, you kind of get the vibe that they don't like to go there. Yeah, exactly. If, if they don't, exactly. don't want to vote yes on it, they, they don't, don't like up. to go there. Right. And that's why half of them are never there. Right. And they can also start going ahead and going to work. You don't right. have to be there till noon. 
go ahead and stay in Washington mm -hmm. while you're required to be in Washington. That's what you're paid for. Yep. I'm quite sure I could go up to the Capitol or San Francisco and go by, you know, Diane Feinstein and no shade, no tea, because obviously we love her. But like <laughs> Senator Feinstein, are, are you that? No, she's not in there. She's not fucking in there. Right. And if you're not in your office in your t state, then you need to be in Washington and mm -hmm. that's it mm -hmm. at, during business hours right. like the rest of us have to be. Right. Which, by the way, the vice president does not count in determining a quorum. Everything that Democrat Senates did to Presidents Bush and Trump, everything the Republican Senate did to President Obama. You. Would be child's play compared to the disaster that Democrats would create for their own priorities if, if they break the Senate. And by that, he means get rid of this filibuster. How fucking dare you? How, I mean, the level. I can't, it's, it go, it's, it's truly, um, I don't know American history well enough to know if there's been anyone as evil and as Machiavellian and as power mongering and as fear driven and as absolutely the gall utterly um entitled yeah. as the this unmitigated person gall the unmitigated gall stand up there and threaten yep. you were elected just like everyone else bitch you sh you sit your veiny pasty ass on the <laughs> toilet just like everyone else and also you are acting and talking about democratic um whatever agenda and their ideas and the things and the legislation policies. and the policies as if it's some sort of how dare you when you are doing that you've done it the whole time you've you've literally talked and said your entire existence is about putting judges on seats is about making the conservative agenda the agenda you are doing it that's what everyone does everyone in and by there the way, go look at his wikipedia it Ugh. says on his wikipedia and it's in a and there's in many books written about him and a even in his own biography, which is why it's on Wikipedia. If Wikipedia will go, believe you me, they'll go in and they'll take something off. If there's not like a place to do like a, like put the bibliography, like put the footnote or whatever, put your source. He wrote a, his own book called Mick, Mitch McCockle. I think I'm president. I'm a dick. <laughs> and he talked about how he got the Senate when they had control of the Senate during Obama, he got them to get rid of the legislative filibuster, which it's a different Senate when you vote on judicial nominees. Mm -hmm. He got rid of the, the judicial filibuster in order to to fast track all the judges they right. wanted on the seats. And that included the seat that was Merrick Garland when they blocked that. Right. And that was his whole thing. He went around to the churches. He went around to the religious right and he convinced them we're going to get go with our Republican nominee. We're going to fast track all these judges. We're going to get rid of abortion, blah, 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 blah. And that was his whole agenda. And it revolved around the judicial filibuster. And now we're about to do it for the Senate and he's making these threats. It's the, I, all I can think of is the unmitigated gall. How fucking dare you? I, I would think that there's going to be a smart enough and savvy enough, Mitch McConnell like enough Democrat lawyer enough person who's going to go, you know what? In this byline and in this rule, blah, it says when someone stands up and threatens other members of the Senate, they get fired. Something such yeah. as you can't even say anything personal against people. And you're going to sit up there and threat. You are. That's like me, too. You're threatening. You're, you're basically standing up at the union meeting and being like anyone that votes against this. Get ready to be fucked because I'm going to make life right, right here a living hell and everyone or at an office. And everyone's like, Haha, no, I'm not going to go. I don't want to lose my right. job. And that's what he's basically threatening. Yeah, that is what he's doing. That Every, can't be legal. Day in, day out. It shouldn't be. That's for sure. So this is not a trade off between trampling etiquette, but then getting to quickly transform the country. 
that's that's why you're mad and that's why you're mad and that's why the most basic aspects of our colleagues agenda the most mundane task of the biden presidency would actually be harder (laughs) harder not easier we're democrats in a post-nuclear senate that is 50 50 dead even if you guys could see this you got to see you just got to see him if the Democrats break the rules to kill Rule 22, break the rules, break the rules. They're not breaking the rules. No, and um, they're going to right. they're going to vote, and they can vote on anything they want, just like you did. And just FYI, Rule 22 is the filibuster. On a 50-50 basis, then we will use every other rule to make tens. The rule exists in a 50-50 Senate because you don't even have the Senate could be 30 Democrats and. 70 Republicans, but if 20 of those Republicans choose to vote with the Democrats, then it's a 50-50 tie on a piece of legislation. It's not supposed to be so cut and dry like this. Right. It's not supposed to be like the Kappas vote with the Kappas and the Kyos vote with the Kyos. <laughs> right. You're supposed to be voting based on what your fucking state wants, mm-hmm. not what the Republican Party has decided is the agenda for the year. It's supposed to be so at any time it could be tied or not tied, just like with this issue with the filibuster. Two Democrats, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, don't want to fucking vote with it. So it isn't, in fact, tied. He's acting like because the Senate's tied that this isn't allowed. But it is allowed because Kamala Harris is a Democrat and she breaks the tie. Bitch! Oh, God. Of millions of Americans' voices heard. Here we go. Here we go. Get ready, Mamel. Perhaps the majority would come after the other rules next. Perhaps Rule 22 would just be the first domino of many. Okay. Until the Senate ceased to be distinct from the House in any respect. Good. This chaos would not open up an express lane to liberal change. Mm -hmm. It would not open up an express lane for the Biden presidency to speed into the history books. The Senate would be more like a hundred-car pileup. Nothing moving. And that's already how it is. Mm-hmm. They there's a whole thing that Katie Turr did, right? Now called the Swamp or whatever mm-hmm. on American MSNBC. Swamp. It's like a four part special, mm-hmm. and it's all about. And she went around promoting it on all the late night shows, and it's all about how they would rather sit in gridlock. Right. They'd rather go. They want the money from whatever party. This yep. is Democrats too. The the party, the national party, if it's a Democrat or Republican, gives them money so that they can win. And then they have an agenda. And many, many times that agenda goes against whether it be the House of Representatives, their little like Adam Schiff here. He's Hollywood. He's West Hollywood. He's Adam Schiff. Maybe the the National Democratic Party has an agenda that West Hollywood doesn't have. So Adam Schiff, and this is just, I'm just using him as an example. These Democratic senators and Republican senators and House members too, they will then sit and let it gum up in gridlock so that they never have to be on record voting for anything and they can just right. sit and fucking do their speeching, speaking engagements and write their fucking book and go back and forth from Washington and just get take their paycheck and talk to lobbyists and get money under the table. They love and live and laugh for gridlock. <laughs> yeah, right, they do. Right. That's the way they live. That's It's already right. at a dead stop. It's yep. already a 5,000 car pile up. That's what it is. Yep. The whole thing. And yep. it's a hot mess and it doesn't work. And let's shake it up. You guys did it with Trump. You wanted a scorched earth. You said, fuck it. You threw every rule into the sky. You didn't care that he had no experience. You didn't care that he was corrupt. You didn't care that he was a fucking criminal. You said, let's do it. We're going to do it. And now your whole thing, this is what you're living through it. So let's do it. Why don't we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it with all the stars that we have now. We don't have a Trump. 
We don't have any weird fucking interloper random coming in. No, nope. we have all the stars that know what they're doing. Joe Biden is just as seasoned. He has just as much experience as Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. We can fucking own this shit. Mm-hmm. Scorch, scorch it, bitch. Yeah. You already scorched <laughs> it, by the way. In fact, stand on it and let me get a blowtorch and let's scorch you, yeah. too. You need you, to be scorched. You scorched the Senate with Obama and then you scorched the White House with Trump. Mm-hmm. You did it. You. And then there's the small matter that majorities are actually never permanent. That's the true. The last time a Democratic leader was trying to start a nuclear exchange, I remember offering a warning. <sighs> oh, of course. Oh, you did. I said my colleagues would regret it a lot sooner than they thought. And just a few years and a few Supreme Court vacancies later, many of our Democratic colleagues said publicly, that they did well that may be true and you might have got the supreme court but obama did not regret pushing through obamacare mm-hmm. and you didn't get it reversed right. so wah 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 you didn't get it reversed and he did that and you have to fucking live with it so maybe you were gonna take they were gonna take the supreme court anyway and just for a little backstory that's what he's talking about he's talking about obama's first term and listen obama was handcuffed and hogtied in many ways not to bring that word up again but You know, he was in a very difficult position, very difficult, and he handled it amazing with grace and class. And I I have nothing. We don't have a bad word to say. We love him. But he certainly didn't get them with the Peggy Davis eyes. He could (laughs) have because we had the White House, Mm. we had the Senate, and we had had all of the branches of government. And he could have pushed forward any legislation. And the only thing he did, and they tried to stop him every step of the way but nancy pelosi helped him and chuck schumer helped him was freaking and joe biden helped him was get through obamacare and obamacare changed so many people's lives mm-hmm. even all the little assholes who were against it and mad about it then they were all like oh wow oh shit oh no i want it now mm-hmm. and they wanted it enough and enough republican house members and enough republican senators knew oh no the people in my state like Obamacare and they didn't vote against it and they took away you know the mandatory enrollment because they decided that was unconstitutional with Mitch McConnell's judges that he packed the Supreme Court with and the other courts lower courts but I don't think we regret it no we don't and again I say unto Mitch McConnell even though he thinks he is the emperor he isn't he isn't but we need to grow some balls yeah we do and And let him know that he's not the emperor that's what I'm talking about so I'm saying I want to go get hired to go down there can run for office now. <laughs> Touching the hot stove again would yield the same result. Oh, you mean oh more legislation God. that helps what people? Even? That's what you mean. Dramatic. As soon as Republicans wound up back in the saddle, we wouldn't just erase every liberal change that hurt the country. Hurt the country. We'd strengthen America with all kinds of conservative policies with zero, zero input from the other side. Mm-hmm. Here How we about go. This? Here we go. Nationwide right to work for working Americans. Uh, That means they are against unions. When you hear this term right to work in a state, it's a right to work state. You've got to know that this is a twisty, spinny Republican lingoist term for people who don't want unions. If you're against unions and unionizing and fair wages for workers, then you want a right to work. So when he says going with a nationwide right to work right to work he means weakening union rights therefore weakening wages and protections for people who work for corporations like amazon any corporation right. we're in a union you work long 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 right. hours yep. in a scenario where where the possibility is to be very very overworked underpaid and underprotected so they're going to go ahead and reverse unions mm-hmm. and weaken unions defunding planned parenthood in sanctuary cities 
That's self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. Now, of course, they want you to believe that Planned Parenthood only exists to, to offer and give abortions. But it is um, very important to understand that Planned Parenthood actually, um, the bigger, the higher percentage of what they do is STD relievement. <laughs> I don't know how else you say it. Yeah, birth control. So birth control and testing. And I also know that many women go there for their OBGYN stuff. I did that. I, you know, you get your pap smears, your all of your vagina stuff you can get there. It isn't just about abortions. It's about everything that has to do with reproduction with for men and women. For, for men Breast and women. Breast exams. Right. And it's it is, you know, men. federally funded and it's critically important yes. for people in communities for young people. I mean, I went to I, I got my birth control from Planned Parenthood for years. Yeah, and it's something that is important for LGBT community. A lot of queer or bi non-binary, transgender, whatever, can go to Planned Parenthood where they won't be shunned, where they can be taken care of and taken care of respectfully. These are all things to remember. So when they say defund, defund Planned Parenthood, they want people to be dog whistled into abortion, but they're also a whole undercurrent of the supremacy against women, LGBTQ, teens, and people of color, and people of color. Sanctuary cities is self-explanatory. Yeah, These I are mean, cities that protect um, dreamers immigrants. and immigrants. Yeah. And of course, God knows they don't want that. On day one, a whole new era of domestic energy production. All right, let's bring back coal. Let's get fracking going. Let's get oil in our country. Let's open up the Antarctic. Let's get rid of every animal that's alive. Every let's one. get rid of the environment entirely. They don't care. They're going to die in, t well, he could be dead in five years. I mean, the way his health is. Cut but down all the trees, make everyone's water source oil. Right. Sweeping new protections for conscience and the right to life of the unborn. They love talking about the because the unborn has a consciousness and that's very important to know where we we'll only care about the unborn. Conscience also means religion. That was a veiled way of saying like religious rights. The, right. Religious freedoms. And, you know, the religious freedoms also that's the whole thing of basically um, that means, wrapping your hate in religion. Right. Protections for discrimination and bigotry in the name of religion and outlawing abortion. Great. Concealed carry reciprocity in all 50 states in the District of Columbia. That means if you um, live in a state that allows you to conceal and carry guns, you can freely travel among any and all 50 states and D.C. with your gun concealed and you'll be allowed because of the state you're in. So we can't do that in California. We right. don't have you can in Texas. So you could drive your ass out of Texas into any state you want with your gun hidden in your jacket. And what that really is, and we learned this from Charles Booker, who ran for Senate, technically was going to run against Mitch McConnell, but he lost in the primary. Mm -hmm. We love Charles Booker. Mm -hmm. He told us here on this podcast that that conceal and carry law was just there so that police and civilians could legally murder black people by claiming that they thought they had a concealed weapon. Mm -hmm. So anytime they felt they feel threatened in Kentucky, they pull out their fucking gun and they shoot the other person and then they go, I thought he had a gun. Right. And, and just imagine that in every single state in this country. And if I may add, the Republicans, every one of them are against D.C. becoming a state. However, when it become, when it comes to something that they want or something like this with guns, it's 50 states and they'll the District of Columbia, include they're including the District of Columbia. I'm just going to, I don't even, I can't. Beyond. Oh, they want to make sure, oh, you didn't like the Capitol insurrection? We'll do that times 100. Massive hardening of security on our southern border. Self-explanatory. Uh. We saw during amendment votes just days ago that some common sense Republican positions actually enjoy more support right now 
than some of the Democratic committee chairs' priorities. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see that with COVID, so that's all he's talking about. The only thing that didn't seem to go was the fucking filibuster, and that's right. it. So the pendulum, Mr. President, would swing both ways, and it would swing hard. Unlike your dad. My colleagues and I have <laughs> refused to kill the Senate for instant gratification. In 2017 and 2018, I was lobbied to do exactly what Democrats want to do now. A sitting president leaned on me to do it. He tweeted about it. You only did it to did Obama, do, but you didn't president? do it to Trump. He would never have, he would never gotten the filibuster so that he could be pressured with Trump's legislation. It did it, it was only in Mitch McCockle's best interest to not give Trump more power. It, the minute Mitch McConnell needs to get rid, he's never needed to get rid of the filibuster because anytime the Senate, the Republicans have had the Senate, they'd have enough of majority to get it because they know they can lean on Joe Manchin and other mm-hmm. butt fucks like that mm-hmm. and fucking Lisa Murkowski mm-hmm. and these on the fence Democrats. They can always get them over to their side and they've always been able to get 60 people. If this was a 50-50 and Trump was sitting in the White House, they'd be done with that filibuster right. in a minute. Yeah. I said to the president at that time, no. I said no repeatedly. Because becoming a U.S. Senator comes with higher duties than steamrolling any obstacle to short-term power. <laughs> that is a joke. A joke. <laughs> that is a, that's the comedy. Republicans meant it. Less than two months ago, two of our Democratic colleagues said they mean it too. Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. They keep their word. We have a bipartisan majority that can put principle first and keep the Senate safe. Okay, now it's time to take another trip to Cabinet Street. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Cabinet Street? Hey, open the door on the cabinet street <laughs> can you reach the cabinet street i need to turn my headphones down a little oh <laughs> okay ma'am now it's supposed to be the presidential cabinet oh not the kitchen cabinet i need i need a ladder to get to the presidential cabinet street <laughs> all right it's been two months since the inauguration and jojo and kiki finally finally, have almost all of their cabinet confirmed. So this is probably our final visit to Cabinet Street because we pretty much only have two significant people left to meet and to greet. That's right. We've missed a few people and there may be some stragglers, but we've gone over the majority of the significant players. And you know what? All of Biden's cabinet members are mensches. They are all qualified, compassionate, brilliant people. And Trump left nothing but huge bags of shit <laughs> in every single department that all of those people now have to clean up and sort out. But it's clear that they are all more than up for the challenge. And we can't wait to see them shine. And a lot of them are already shining. They're already shining. Many of them are also making history with their positions, too. Joe Biden outdid himself with his cabinet in terms of diversity and opportunity, and he really shut the game down, picking Deb Holland as the new Secretary of the Interior. Now, before Deb Holland, or in basically today, I wasn't really sure what the Secretary of the Interior <laughs> even meant. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't know who Trump's was. 
And come to no. think of it, he probably didn't even have one because the Secretary <laughs> of the Interior is the head of the Department of the Interior, the Bureau of Land Management, the United States Geological Survey, and the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and the National Park Service. Basically, they're responsible for the management and conservation of our federal lands and natural resources, which the Trump administration clearly didn't give two fucks about. No. But you know who does? Jojo. And so does Deb Holland. So Deb, holla if you hear me, Holland, is the first American Indian in history to head a federal agency. Can you believe it's taken this fucking long? Her Native American roots can be traced back 35 fucking generations. That bitch is a blue blood for real. A true American aristocrat, and we are here for it. Not only does the Department of the Interior oversee 574 Native American and Alaska Native communities... If this is the first time wow. that a Native American has ever been secretary. <laughs> but as secretary, Deb Holland will manage a vast portfolio of federal land, which includes the land and all the oil and mineral resources beneath it. That's right. Someone who respects the earth and the environment <laughs> and the synergy of nature is now in charge of deciding when and where and if the government can drill for oil or mine for anything. It's pretty crazy. So uh, take a moment and best believe pretty much all of the Republicans voted against her. Only four Republicans crossed party lines to vote to confirm her. And we need to give credit to Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Alaska. Also, douche tool Susan Collins of Maine crossed party lines to confirm Deb Holland, too. But Maine isn't filled with oil and Native Americans and protected lands like Alaska. Lisa Murkowski really stuck her neck out for the native population of Alaska, which is impressive because the corporate power brokers were no doubt pressuring her to vote no on Deb Holland. So they could nominate someone who would allow them to continue to rape and pillage the land for their own personal gain. That's exactly right. All of the Republicans who voted against Deb Holland brought up her support for the Green New Deal, which calls for drastically lowering fossil fuel emissions. And they brought up her past opposition to the expansion of oil and gas drilling on public lands, saying these positions, Mamau, here's the irony. After four years talking about Trump and the Trump administration on this podcast, the Republicans said that Deb Holland's positions on the environment and oil drilling disqualified her to lead an agency that has traditionally promoted those ventures. Wow. If having the opposite agenda than the agency one has been nominated to lead was an issue for the Republicans, then none of Trump's cabinet (laughs) would have ever been confirmed. And I mean, go one by one (laughs) through the list from Betsy DeVos as education secretary to Scott Pruitt heading the EPA. Betsy DeVos wanted to dismantle public education and Scott Pruitt was in the middle of suing (laughs) the environmental protection agency and he sued them twice (laughs) literally he sued the the agency that he was the head of again again with the unmitigated gall so we're gonna play you a clip from deb holland's opening remarks at her confirmation hearing we love her and after you hear these clips you all will love her too just for a little backstory tea on deb she was the head of the new mexico democratic party and she was also in congress representing new mexico's first district for the last two years so she knows all these assholes. Guatsi, Hopa, Duhiname, Itzatuitsa, Shuimi, Hanu. WAP. Chairman Manchin, thank you, Mayor. Also, members of the committee, thank you so much for having me here today. I wouldn't be here 
Without the love and support of my child, Soma, my partner, Skip, who is with me this morning, sitting behind me, my mom, Mary Toya, who is watching from Isleta Pueblo, my extended family, and generations of ancestors who have sacrificed so much so I could be here today. Okay, first of all, she's crying. I'm, I we, can't. I'm, I'm I literally <laughs> the size of my vaginas that is, can engulf this entire block. We're not going to interrupt this like we did um, Mitch McCock block, but... I do want to say that we've watched this several times and every time Julie gets excited about her <laughs> partner, Skip. I do. And I how, don't know why. And how pretty is that name, Soma, her daughter? Like, just I, I, it's all, it's, it's all. At one point, she, about... she takes a break to pick up a coffee mug and take, she's just, Deb Holland is the poo. Everyone take a fucking big whiff. I acknowledge that we are on the ancestral homelands of the Nacotchtank, Anacostan, and Piscataway people. As many of you know, my story is unique. Although today I serve as a member of Congress and was the vice chair of the House Natural Resources Committee, if confirmed, I would be the first Native American to serve as cabinet secretary. This historic nature of my confirmation is not lost on me, but I will say it's not about me. Rather, I hope this nomination would be an inspiration for Americans moving forward together as one nation and creating opportunities for all of us. As the daughter of a Pueblo woman, I was taught to value hard work. My mother is a Navy veteran, was a civil servant at the Bureau of Indian Education for 25 years, and she raised four kids as a military wife. My dad, the grandson of immigrants, was a 30-year career Marine who served in Vietnam. He received the Silver Star and is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Wow. I spent summers in Mesita, our small village on Laguna Pueblo, the location of my grandparents' traditional home. It was there that I learned about my culture from my grandmother by watching her cook and by participating in traditional feast days and ceremonies. It was in the cornfields with my grandfather where I learned the importance of water and protecting our resources where I gained a deep respect for the earth. Taking a sip of the mug. As a military family, we moved every few years when I was a kid, but no matter where we lived, my dad taught me and my siblings to appreciate nature, whether on a mountain trail or walking along the beach. I'm not a stranger, stranger to the struggles many families across America face today. I've lived most of my adult life paycheck to paycheck. I've pieced together health care for me and my child as a single mom and at times relied on food stamps to put food on the table. Now I got to wop. Yeah. Because that I live and live and live and live for yeah, that. Yeah. It's because of these struggles that I fully understand the role Interior must play in the president's plan to build back better, to responsibly manage our natural resources, to protect them for future generations so that we can continue to work, live, hunt, fish, and prey among them. So great. Oh it's so just inspirational and every from from joe biden nominating her to her story on down and getting com confirmed against all odds after working with these dicks for the last two years in congress like a native american woman is in charge of the land here of like native american i, I can't land. take it yeah uh, yeah and not just in charge of native american affairs or whatever but it just can't be just the, the even the poetic justice of it all, even the romanticism of it all. Yep. It's it's the yeah, full circleness of it all. The Obama vibes so hard. It's beyond. It's it's yep. it's so overdue, and it's so 
I just there's not even anything funny I can say about it no. because it, it just will hopefully open the door. And that's that that position should be held by somebody who is Native American or at least a person who respects the land. Next up is Biden's pick for secretary of health and human services. Now, real quick. This department sounds real crucial right now, and it is, but not just because of coronavirus. The Department of Health and Human Services plays a huge part in shaping and building America's immigration policy. And whether they like it or not, the Biden administration has the huge responsibility of cleaning up the mess that Trump made at our borders. Now, for decades, just to be fair, both Democrat and Republican administrations have played the game of kicking the immigration can (laughs) down the street and making it the responsibility of the next president and the next president and the next president until Trump. That motherfucker went in there with a crowbar and destroyed everything. And as dark and gross as it was, it woke everyone up and it has forced the Biden administration to finally be the administration to really deal with it. And there are two crucial people that will do that. Ale Ale Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security and our new secretary of health and human services, Javier Becerra, or as I like to call him, Javier Casera, Becerra. <laughs> Mama, do you remember that Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam song? I don't. Lost in Emotion? Okay. Well, let me give you a little refresher. Okay. Even though I am going to play this on the Patreon podcast and give you a refresher <laughs> again then. But. Okay. Hit the beat now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, talk about roller skating vibes. Oh, my God. And there's nothing more appropriate than a Cult Jam song right now wow. with all the QAnon cults everywhere. Oh, QAnon my God. and the Cult Jam. <laughs> okay. So, remember. Casera Basera. Lost in emotion. Oh, I won't sing every word. <sighs> like, I'm sorry, I had to take the time to play the song. I love it. So you know it, Mau. Uh-huh. You know it. Uh-huh. The fucking Lisa Lisa, man. We should try to find her and see if she'll come on the podcast. Ooh. Here we go. Casera Basera. Now, she's saying Casera Sera. <laughs> but instead, she says Casera Casera oh. because she fucking rules. And now, you guys, we all have Javier. Casera Becerra. Okay, so Javier Casera Becerra <laughs> is crucial to reforming our immigration policy and building the department to see it through successfully moving forward. And as health and human services, he will also play a big role in all things health, which again is not just Corona. It's also what? Say it with me. Obamacare. That's right. The new Secretary of Health and Human Services is tasked with immigration reform and providing affordable health care in any form. And Javier Casera Becerra is just the man with the plan. So, of course, the Republicans despise him. He was enemy number one and he was on full rotation on Fox News 24-7. They pulled out all the stops to stop his confirmation, but they blew their cock-blocking load on Neera Tandon and her hilarious mean tweets, and they had nothing left in the tank for Javier Casera Becerra. 
Well, as California Attorney General, he sued the Trump administration dozens of times over health care, which is, of course, also why the Republicans can't fucking stand him. He also sued Trump over the environment and a range of other issues, <laughs> in addition to championing aggressive and humane immigration reform and affordable health care for all. He is an outspoken advocate for a woman's right to choose. I also wish to thank my family, my North Star, uh, Dr. Carolina Reyes. Mm. Who is here with me? Wop. Yeah. <laughs> and our daughters, Natalia, Olivia, and Clarissa, and Clarissa's husband, Ivan. Everything I do, including this, is a family affair. He's so I am here because my parents, Manuel like and Maria Teresa, objectify him, but who had only their hope <laughs> and health when they settled in Sacramento, taught me to earn the American dream. A construction worker with a sixth grade education and a clerical worker who arrived in her teens from Guadalajara, Jalisco, oh, Mexico. Crying. They never saw the inside of a college classroom, but they sent all their kids to one or to the military. We lost my dad last year on New Year's Day. When the end came, my dad knew we were there with him, at his side, in our home. Sadly, hundreds of thousands of Americans haven't had that closure this past year. That, Senators, is why I'm here today. The COVID pandemic has killed 500,000 Americans, many of them alone without their families. Millions more have lost their jobs and health care. That is not the America my parents would believe possible. To meet this moment, we need strong federal leadership. That's what President That's not our fault. <laughs> Biden is demonstrating, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be confirmed. I look forward to joining the President in this critical mission. I understand the enormous challenges before us and our solemn responsibility to faithfully steward this agency that touches almost every aspect of our lives. I'm humbled by the task, and I'm ready for it. The mission of HHS to enhance the health and well-being of all Americans is core to who I am. When I was a child, my mom had a health scare. She was rushed to the hospital after hemorrhaging at home. The image is seared in my memory. We were lucky. My mom is now 87 years young. Better put, we were blessed. My dad, the laborer, had insurance through his union, Labor's Local 185. We didn't have much, but we didn't have to face the threat of unpaid medical bills. He understands unions. Bankers. And he understands Over two insurance. decades in Congress, I worked to ensure every family had the assurance of care that mine had. I helped expand the Children's Health Insurance Program. I helped write and pass the Affordable Care Act. From the Ways and Means Committee, I fought to strengthen and modernize Medicare and how we finance it. As Attorney General, I created a Health Care Rights and Access Unit. We cracked down on Medicare and Medicaid fraud. I've worked to hold opioid manufacturers accountable for the addiction crisis. I've taken on hospital and drug makers who unfairly jack up prices on patients. I have protected patients' privacy. If confirmed, I'll work with you to continue this type of work and to address HHS's biggest challenges. Casera Becerra. Now it's time for So There's That. All 
right. So this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it, and I don't blame her. It's almost impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note when half the country are walking around like mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing cult, and the rest of us are whiny, entitled virtue signalers who are too busy keyboard-fighting Bernie battles with our own side (laughs) to win the war. And you've managed to do so many great ones over the last four years, and especially the last four months. But the crazy thing, Mamel, is that now that we have JoJo and Kiki... Even the shitty ones you do are still good. <laughs> because we have hope now. Don't uh, you think? I do think. Thank you. So that's a good setup for this week. First of all, what I want to say to you, Brandy. Yes. You who have the fee, the thus transformed my So There's That Life. Yes, I have. You have with a gift of a little revelation of a daily email newsletter. Just this news that I get to go through. And it's fucking awesome. And it's like. And I've loved all of your so there's that i mean they could have been sold a little better but i've loved the topics all of them i mean the amazon boycott yeah just the GameStop. i love it and it definitely and it's the reason why i found this one today so speaking of GameStop, GameStop is also connected to the reddit group wall street bets for anyone who doesn't know what i'm talking about wall street bets is the community on reddit that saved gamestop we did the so there's that about that a couple weeks ago so i'm not going to get too deep into it but basically this reddit group this reddit group took control of the stock market and stuck it to some of the corrupt mega rich hedge fund monsters for like two seconds and the the reddit group is filled with just regular you know everyday right. you know they're people, called retail investors yeah, and regular day investors. trade right day traders and there's nine million of them on this group now to even more of their credit they literally pushed the hedge fund that was trying to take out GameStop called Melvin Capital. They literally made it so that Melvin Capital had to borrow $2 billion in order to bail themselves out, which obviously is amazing. Is, is, is amazing. And Melvin Capital can go suck every dick on the continent. But and every person who's invested in a hedge fund can go fuck off. And, you know, that said with all love to our very good friend, Anthony Scaramucci, who does run <laughs> a hedge fund. But listen, that, well, they are not for us. It is they what it is. They have nothing to do with us. No. And if you have a hedge fund and you happen to be one of our 14 listeners, you need to send us a private email <laughs> and we'll, we can get into it privately. Figure out what you're going to do for the podcast. Yeah, no shit. The problem is generally, and I don't know that this is true of all of them, but what we learned through GameStop is that many of these hedge funds exist and get rich off of the demise of other people's businesses, which is why they're so gross. So the GameStop short, as it was called, that's what they call it when they short a business, was this huge story. We were obsessed and super into it. The Wall Street Bets groups went to continue to do their own more creative investing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's all offshoot. It's all offshoot. It's yeah. all whatever. And they're just continually being annoying thorns in the sides of these hedge funds. Now, these guys who all communicate and make their plans through the Reddit group apparently call themselves apes. And basically, all of this is to set up what these apes just did. One of the things that people say about the, the people in, these, in this group is that they talk like you know, like friends talk. Part of their like inner talk or their in jokes are that they're apes. They do a lot of planet of the apes. They do a lot that they're going to get together like apes. The apes are going to take, they're going to strong together like <laughs> apes. There's just like a whole thing with apes. Now, due to the GameStop stock, these investors made millions. They also saved GameStop. They also saved AMC movie theater chain. And Blackberry. They, and they did some other stuff yeah. too. 
So GameStop was just like the biggest one that was in the news or whatever. And I think made the most money. And rather than plotting to destroy like the hedge funds do to take down other companies to make money off of their destruction, they are looking to keep companies alive and they're looking to make money that way. They're looking to stop the shorting of the stocks. That's what's so cool about them. But they got together, a bunch of them got together and decided to give to charities. Quote, we were surprised and honored by the sudden flood of generosity. The onset of the pandemic in 2020 made our work in the forests of Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo more difficult, more costly, and more critical to the survival of gorillas and the humans who live nearby. This pandemic, which scientists agree likely began when a zoonotic disease jumped from wild animal to humans, made it clear that while it's expensive to protect and maintain pristine forests, there is a greater cost to letting these forests get damaged. Wall Street Bets band together and in one week donated upwards of $350,000 to the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund. Oh my God, that's so great. The donations will not only be used to protect gorillas, but to protect the forest home, which is the second largest tropical rainforest on the planet and one of our best natural defenses against climate change. To give you a sense of the generousness, <laughs> the generosity, and what a help that this will be to the Diane Fossey organization, Normally, in any one given weekend, the fund sees about 20 new adoptions. So you can go, you know how like we did with the elephants or you can do with a lot of wild animals. Yes, I went to Africa. I went to Nairobi. I adopted an elephant for Meow Meow. Yeah. And we have the, the drawing that we got yep. up in your bathroom. We mm -hmm. So we have it's the elephant bathroom. Now your dad's going to paint an elephant. I don't know if you know that, Dr. Guacamole, <laughs> but that's your next painting assignment. Just so that you get a sense then of what these guys did. In a weekend, the Diane Fossey Gorilla Organization, they would see that 20 gorillas would get adopted. They, in a normal weekend of whatever. What happened with GameStop is that within one week, 3,500 gorillas got adopted. <gasps> and then they Aww. raised and got donated all of that money, which is amazing. 3,500 gorillas. 3,500 gorillas. So it's just so fucking heartwarming. I can't take it. The investors also gave GameStop employees stock options and or are giving directly to GameStop employees who generally made $11 per hour. That was unclear as to exactly how much and all of that, but that was a part of I'm their sure all the game time agenda. They were like, great. Now we don't get to get on unemployment because these fucking guys just saved GameStop. Now we got to go back to work hawking fucking yeah, well, <laughs> old used copies of Lara Croft. <laughs> exactly. These lazy boy investors or whatever we want to call them not only showed the greedy monsters that if enough people band together, their greediness matters too. However, I do believe that the power in numbers, which toppled the power at the top, instilled a bit of charity in them and the people who truly sacrifice for us day in and day out at places like the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund, who, by the way, Diane Fossey was murdered because she was trying to save the gorillas. They are constantly <laughs> begging and clawing for every dollar. So this influx of money, I hope, really helps them out a lot and puts them at ease, even if it's just for a month or whatever. And it really does show that that was a true heart that these GameStop guys really showed. The stock market is bullshit. Hedge funds exist to cash in on other people's ruin. These cocaine rapist Wall Street guys got ass slapped and I hope it never ends. But more than anything, Wall Street bets keeps giving money away and truly, truly becoming the Robin Hood that they said that they want to be. We all thought and think it's awesome you saved GameStop, but we think it's awesomer that you're helping save the gorillas, the climate and the hardworking American who's barely keeping her head above the jungle's canopy. So there's that. Oh uh -huh.
that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. I know we say it every week. We really, really, really mean it. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, or if you've just been on the fence about it, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this one. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules, and best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. Let me just repeat that for the reviewer who tried to hate on all the fucking endless sales pitch that we do. There are no ads on our Patreon podcast, but you must know that one isn't free. Right. No, it's not, but it's only a dollar. Okay, uh a ah. dollar a dollar <laughs> you get one podcast a week for a dollar and two podcasts a week for two dollars and when you sign up you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog which has hundreds of hours of stupid stress-free ad-free podcasts plus you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar you're contributing to what has become basically our sole source of income in this pandemic but if being pressured to help us pay our bills out of the kindness of your heart isn't working then go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and you can listen to a free one. You can try it out and see if you like it. So to do that, all you have to do is just scroll down the lock podcast. You'll see it's sort of self-explanatory. Scroll down until you get to September and look for the episode called Windows Up Sing Time. And then just press play. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything to listen to the free one. But if you do decide to sign up, all you have to do is import our Patreon podcast feed just the one time into iTunes or whatever podcast player you're using right now, and then it will just automatically show up there every week next to any other podcast you subscribe to. You can hit it and quit it and never think about it again until you decide we're just too insufferable to live, and then you can cancel and go back to watching Below Deck. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And cock-blocked. Cock-blocked. <laughs> Below ducked. Below cocks. <laughs> Below cock-blocked. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, 
It'll all seem alright I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite Transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame So I'll remove the cause <laughs> But not the symptom 